This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. Bhangad Part 4 The light of the half moon and the sweeping beams of the torches revealed the sad state of the Haveli that was once a glorious abode of the mighty rulers of Bhangad. Royal family members dined, wined, watched performances and rested in these ornate halls. But now it was the domain of eerie night whispers and the blackest shadows. Tarik and Raju called out to Vipul and trained their light on every surface and into the interior of every dilapidated room they searched the haveli in this manner for nearly half an hour the eeriness that leached out of the place was contrasted against the rude chalk drawings of daytime visitors neha loves adan read one hastily crafted graffiti the gloom hissed like an eternally restless beach and Tarek felt increasingly uneasy as they wandered deeper into the Haveli. There was no sign of Vipul anywhere. Tears welled up in the translator's eyes as he began accepting the fact that the set of events that had conspired to bring him to the ruins was a cruel joke. They reached the rear of the Haveli. Tarek entered the long balcony which featured a damaged balustrade which was swathed in darkness Tarik's torch revealed missing chunks of stonework that dangerously opened up to a long drop to the rocks below Please be here please be here Tarik prayed Vipul Vipul I got your postcard Beta are you here Tarik said aloud The baying of the night beasts in the hills intensified, almost reaching a crescendo before dying down abruptly. The sudden hush so painful, it felt like someone was trying to squeeze the air out of Tarek's insides. There was a shift in the nature of reality that left him uneasy. something had crossed over into the mortal plane of sorrow and pain a bringer of great miseries tarak could sense the gnawing sense of dread creeping into the vulnerable corners of his mind raju who was in the room right behind him let out a short barking laugh <laughs> then he switched off his torch i know sir you don't respect me You don't respect the social class I come from. I have a simple personality. I know. I know. You are bada admi, big man, learned, successful. Poor Raju, what does he know with his simple jokes and his simple dreams? Raju is at the bottom of the ladder. 
amongst the nobodies. Raju said, What rubbish are you talking, Raju? Switch your light back on before you step into the balcony. It's dangerous, Tarek said. There is another order, sir. The real order of life. He is at the top of that ladder and puny humans with their little ambitions and sorrows are like Raju. You are like Raju. <laughs> Raju laughed like a lunatic. Raju! Tarek shouted angrily. He is here. He is here. Raju said. It sounded like his teeth were chattering from being exposed to low temperatures. There was the splash of a body falling into water, followed by violent thrashing, like someone was drowning. It is wet, sir. I feel cold, Raju's voice said, but it sounded like he was speaking from underwater. Tarek shined his torch into the room where Raju once stood, but he was gone, vanished into thin air. The torch lay on the ground. Its lens was shattered and the cracked glass and exposed wiring stuck out of the mouth of the casing. Raju, where are you? Tarek inquired urgently. <laughs> Tarek thought he heard a mocking laugh from one of the nearby rooms. <laughs> Stop playing games with me, you fool. What are you getting at? If you try to rob me, I will smash your head in with my torch, Tarek said, unable to contain his anger. The laughter continued. Now Tarek shook like a leaf. Fear made his hands clammy and his skin crawl. He took some deep breaths in to calm himself. You came, a voice said. Vipul, Vipul, Tarek said, turning his torch towards the source of the voice. Papa, it is so good to see you, the voice said. That was definitely Vipul's voice, Tarek thought. Son, where are you? Tarek said, scanning the darkness of the balcony with his torch. I'm here, Papa, Vipul said. Tarek finally saw him in the distance. He was naked and standing close to the edge of one of the damaged sections of the balcony, which yawned open into a long drop filled with deadly clusters of rocks. Vipul, beta, Tarek called out as he rushed forwards to greet his son. Don't come any closer, Papa. I'm so sorry to put you through this. They made me. He broke into an uncontrollable sob. Don't look at me, Papa. Tarek saw him, and he let out a painful scream. His light beam revealed the naked, bloodied form of his son. Raw wounds in the shape of the sign he had seen around Dausa and at the entrance of the nightmarish hall 
was carved into Vipul's flesh. His face, his arms, his belly, his legs, and even his genitalia featured what Tarek had now come to accept as the yellow sign. Who, who did this to you, son? Tarek said. Vipul could not respond. He started wailing in mournful tones. Come back from the edge, son. You will fall. Tell me who did this to you. We will go to the hospital first and then the police. Tarek said, taking a few hesitant steps towards his injured son. I am no longer a part of this world, Papa. You must accept this and you must listen to what he says. You must accept his supremacy. There is no other way, Vipul said tearfully. Stand still, Vipul. You will fall, Tarek said, facing the bruised and savaged form of his son. Vipul stopped sobbing and lifted his face up to his father. The torchlight revealed the bloody presence of the yellow sign in Vipul's eyeballs. Tarek reeled back in horror and said, Who did this to you, son? Vipul pointed behind Tarek and said, They did this. What? Tarek uttered. He watched on in horror as Vipul stepped backwards and fell off the balcony and onto the rocks below. No! Tarek screamed and ran towards the edge and looked down, just in time to see Vipul's body bounce off the jagged peaks of the stony outcrops below. Tarek, who had not had the opportunity to turn and look at the killers of his son, now spun around to face them. A crowd of spectral figures, some wearing ancient clothes, some wearing modern outfits, reached out for him with their restless fingers. Their forms were mutilated and scarred with sharp instruments to create a tapestry of bloody symbols all of them paying homage to the yellow sign. Yawning mouths full of rotting teeth, their cheeks slashed open with jagged blades, croaked and groaned as they tried to grab onto Tarek. The translator smashed his steel torch into their limbs, breaking them in half. The bulbous end of the device found purchase in the skulls of the baying monstrosities. Icor and pus sprayed everywhere as Tarek landed a flurry of strikes on the teeming formation that smelled of death and decay. But there were so many of them to punish, and as he grew tired, his fight back grew weaker. He fell onto his knees and cried for the loss he had suffered moments ago. Tarek gave up on the spirited rebuttal and let the clawing limbs grab onto his head and body. Vipul! Vipul, beta! Vipul! He cried. From within the nest of hands, a postulant face emerged. It was Ashish. Tarek barely recognized him, given that his visage was a celebration of crude lacerations 
like a face butchered by a machete. Ashish opened his mangled mouth, which featured broken teeth and torn gums, and said, We have seen the yellow sign, and so will you. The frenzied hands now focused their attention on Tarek's mouth, and they forced it open as Ashish looked on. Dreadful foul-tasting fingers entered Tarek's mouth and pulled out his tongue. There it is, carved onto your tongue, Ashish said. The yellow sign, the yellow sign. The horde moaned in pleasure as they relished the discovery. Tarek bit and choked and dry-wretched as the hands travelled deeper into his throat, as if they were desirous of his innards, as if their sole wish was to pull his entrails out through his mouth. <coughs> the moans were replaced with vicious snarls, and Tarek's mind and body could not suffer the cruel examination any longer. He lost consciousness and slammed face-first into the floor. <coughs> 